The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. I submitted a horrible, horrible, horrible draft that I'd written 15, 20 years ago, and uh, I'd gotten some feedback, and my uh, suspicions were brought to life. It's like, yep, this is absolutely terrible, but you've got you've got a good voice, and you should write what you know. So I wrote the first chapter of The Violin Conspiracy during the summer of 2020, and um, it, it was picked up and, and I wrote every day during 2020 because, you know, I wasn't practicing for anything and I really had not, not much to look forward to. So writing, I, I turned full time to writing. I wrote every day, 2,500 to 3,000 words every day for two and a half months and the book was done. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your humble host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Violinist and lauded debut novelist, Brendan Slocum spoke to me about how both music and writing saved his life, the darker side of the classical music world, and his debut, The Violin Conspiracy. Brendan's an accomplished violinist and concert master who has performed with major symphonies, has a degree in music education, and over 25 years teaching in the classroom and his private studio. His critically acclaimed debut novel, The Violin Conspiracy, has been described as part mystery thriller, part character study of a young black man trying to make his way in the world of classical music. It was a GMA book club pick and named a Publishers Weekly Top 10 Mystery Thriller, NPR's Books We Love 2022, Audible's 13 Best Debuts of 2022, and earned two Goodreads Choice Award nominations for Best Debut Novel, and Best Mystery Thriller. Publishers Weekly called the book a gripping debut. Slocum sensitively portrays Ray's resilience in the face of extreme racism. The author is off to a promising start. Brendan hosts the podcast, How Music Can Save Your Life, is a Nobel teacher of distinction, and serves as an educational consultant for the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. In this file, Brendan and I discussed how he finds time to tour, write, practice for his string quartet, and teach students for an upcoming recital. Why the pandemic forced him to become a prolific novelist. What it's like to sign your first paperback for a fan. The importance of practice, routine, and banging out 3,000 words a day. Why writers need to walk, stretch, and hit the gym, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, or you can also sign up for email updates, get links to merch, and other resources for writers. 
And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. All right, we are back on The Writer Files. I am honored today be joined by the lauded author, debut novelist of The Violin Conspiracy. We've got Brendan Slocum here today. Thank you for joining us today. My absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I understand that you, you grew up in North Carolina. Are you still in the North Carolina area? I actually live in Washington, D.C. now. Okay. Not, not too far. Nah, not too far. And um, yeah, I guess you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. I want to talk about all things. Um, writing and of course the debut and of course your upcoming uh, release but yeah t- tell us a little bit about what you're up to uh, lately I understand you're kind of like on tour and doing some promotional stuff <laughs> yeah I am it's it's an interesting balance of everything that's going on uh, I've been on tour for a very long time and I love every second of it I'm getting to meet such incredible people and and go to amazing festivals and and just i mean the people that i've come in contact with it's incredible um and i'm trying to balance practicing my violin with my string quartet and teaching my students who have a (laughs) recital coming up in a couple of weeks um and writing in there i'm trying to get it all uh make it all work and it's it's been a challenge but you know I'm, i'm doing my best Amazing. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to talk about how you do it. And I mean, I even understand that you are, you also have a rock band. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I'm in a band called Geppetto's Wood. Um, think whatever you want <laughs> about the title. It's totally accurate. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, and it, you know, we, we haven't been able to do very much, uh, since the pandemic. Um, but, uh, I actually got together with the guys I was in Los Angeles at the, uh, LA book festival and um, we got together and we had a great rehearsal and it was a lot of fun. And yeah, we, we all miss it and we can't wait to get back to it. Yeah. And Wood is spelled W-U-D. With the, <laughs> with the, with the umlaut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotta keep it classy. Keep it classy. <laughs> um, well, that's very cool. But um, yeah, I mean, I want to talk about your kind of path to um, lauded debut novelist, but you know, I mean, it's pretty amazing. And congrats on the violent conspiracy because you kind of can't uh, miss it right now. It seems like it's being promoted in a lot of places. I understand that not only um, was it uh, nominated for a couple Goodreads uh, Choice Awards, right? Best Debut and Best Mystery Thriller. Um, it was also recently named to, I think, uh, Washington Post's um, like gift guide. Yeah, it, it's insane. It's it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. And and I I opened my Instagram this morning and I see it's it's one of Audible's best books of 22. And you know, I am I am flipping out. I I flip out every single day. Every day I wake up and I I kind of have to pinch myself. I'm like, yeah, this is real. This is really happening and um it's it's amazing and and I'm, I again, I'm loving every second of it. Yeah, congrats. Congrats on the reception and thank you. But yeah, tell us a little bit about before the genesis of the actual novel. Tell us a little bit about your uh, career as a professional musician and instructor. Of course, you've mentioned that you are pra- currently practicing for a string quartet and you are instructing students. You know, I want to I want to figure out how you get the pages <laughs> in the margins. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, tell us a little bit about this um, 20 plus year career as a pro- professional musician and instructor. 
Well, um, I, I spent most of my time in the classroom. I've been a band director, a strings instructor, a guitar teacher, a general music teacher. Um, my heart lies with with teaching strings. You know, I'm an orchestra director at heart, but um, you know, most of my my 25 years in the classroom was dedicated to uh, teaching. And uh, in that time, you know, I have kept up my violin playing, and I've I've played with with symphonies, major symphonies, you know, and, and I, I've been a soloist, I've done string quartet stuff, small ensembles, uh, you know, and I will do freelance work as well. Um, but like summer of 2020, we all remember 2020. It was just mm. a, a mess. And for a working <laughs> musician, it was, it was extra, extra jacked up because everything stopped. My entire revenue stream just stopped. Um, you know, I, I had no idea when I was going to play my next gig or teach my next lesson. And, you know, Zoom comes along and it's like, OK, well, that's uh, OK. That, that's a Band-Aid, but it's not really giving you what, what you need in terms of, you know, being a musician working. So uh, the uncertainty was crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I as I was sitting on the couch getting fatter and fatter, I discovered um, an advertisement online for selling books in the age of covid and I submitted a horrible, horrible, horrible draft that I'd written 15, 20 years ago. Mm. And uh, I'd gotten some feedback and my uh, suspicions were brought to life. It's like, yep, this is absolutely terrible, but you've got, <laughs> you've got a good voice and you should write what you know. And it's not uh, science fiction. So I wrote the first chapter of The Violin Conspiracy during the summer of 2020. And um, it, it was picked up and and I wrote every day during 2020 because, you know, I wasn't practicing for anything and I really had not not much to look forward to. So writing, I, I turned full time to writing. I wrote every day, 2,500 to 3,000 words every day for two and a half months. And the book was done. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's such a cool story. <laughs> so really, it gave you the opportunity to kind of focus on a, another creative outlet. Oh, yeah. Whereas much of your life had been focused on music had you composed music had you written music and nothing classical nothing classical i i'm i'm the songwriter for our band Japetto's wood and i've written all of our songs um but you know there, there's only so much you could do with that and I, I i used a lot of my uh orchestral experience and and you know uh formulating the songs and everything so that was fun but that's that was the extent of my my writing you know i was mm -hmm. just, just 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 a songwriter and um, you know, I was happy with some of the things that I'd written, but, you know, nothing compared to, you know, the violent conspiracy is just like, you know, day and night. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow. Mercy is the bow. A DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books, and add it to your TBR today. 
And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. Just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. So, well, I understand that there is a semi-autobiographical piece um, in your suspense. But yeah, talk a little bit about that and kind of, uh, again, like how you, as you put it, are really, really leaning on writing what you know and kind of um, also shining a light on on some of the, uh, you know, I, I don't think of like the classical music world as like a terribly transparent one. It seems to be, you know, it's kind of, it seems like a little secretive in a sense, but you know, I could be wrong. Like I, I, of course I'm not an insider and you, you, you are a complete insider. So it's kind of interesting that you are using your life experience to kind of shine a light on some of the inherent, the darker sides or kind of some of the inequity, um, in that classical music world. Yeah. I I like how you put it, the the darker side that's, uh, that that (laughs) works on so many levels. (laughs) Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it was very eye opening for, for a lot of people. And, and as I was writing this stuff, you know, I, I wasn't trying to, you know, make this gigantic point that classical music, there's this inherent racism in classical music. And, you know, it's a lot tougher for black people. I wasn't trying to do that. I was just telling basically my story. Um, and, and 92% of Ray, the protagonist in, in, in the violent conspiracy is based on Brendan. Um, the 8% that's not me is Ray going to the Tchaikovsky competition. Had I started playing when I was maybe four or five years old, I would be at that level. But I started, I was an old man when I started, I was at the ripe old age of nine. So that was <laughs> way, way, way too late for me to, you know, and I, I never had lessons until my first lesson was in college. So, you know, I, I was a latecomer to the game. Um, but, you know, the instances and experiences that I, that I had, um, are, are very common, oddly enough, in, in classical music for, for people who look like me. And I've heard from so many people that exact same thing happened to me. And, you know, when I would say this to people, they wouldn't believe it or they would think that I'm exaggerating. I'm like, yeah, I, I know that. I hear that story regularly. That was, that was you know, when, when things were going on and I was having these experiences, my friends would always it was always me, you know, it, it was never, well, no, it's not really like that because it wasn't like that for them, but it was always like that for me. And, you know, being a black guy playing violin, there were not very many of us. I didn't, I was the only one in, in our studio in my violin studio. I matter, matter of fact, I think I was the only black man uh, playing violin in mm. my symphony orchestra while, while I was there. It was, you know, that's just, just how it was. Amazing. Amazing. Well, again, congratulations. And, it does seem like you're having some fun there. Um, of course, I'll point at your home base, and th- that link is brendanslocum.com. Uh, you're on all the socials, and and um, I was spinning through your Instagram, and it looks like it looks like you're having a good time out there. 
I, I hope so. Uh, there, there's a ton of work involved. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, and all of my former students know this. They know I love to have a good time after our work is done. We get our work done. We can have a blast. We just knock ourselves out having fun and um, going around meeting people and you know talking about the, the, this book and you know talking about my my life's experience. It has been the most fun that I've had in decades. It is so much fun. And just meeting these people is is incredible. You know, I've gotten to travel all over this country, and um, you know th- these things, these book festivals that I had no idea even existed. They're they're huge, and they're so much fun, and the people are amazing. And it's been, you know, and and, and just imagine how how terrible it must be for me to have to spend a weekend in Miami. You know, when when it's twenty degrees here in DC, and I have to go <laughs> down to eighty degrees in Miami. Oh my gosh, the sacrifices I make it's terrible. <laughs> oh yeah uh for sure sounds awful (laughs) well um congrats again uh the book is coming out in paperback right next week i believe yes yes i actually signed uh for for, i was at the miami book festival this past you know in in november and um i got an advanced copy of the paperback and they were selling them there and i got to sign the very first copy of the paperback to this wonderful uh supportive fan and you know, she was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah this is the first one. I know it's, it's great. Congratulations. And you know, can I take your picture? This is awesome. Um, yeah. So it's it's been it's been amazing. That's cool. Yeah. And I mean, this wall of blurbs is really cool. Um, of course, I'll point at the book, The Violent Conspiracy, uh, part mystery thriller, part character study of a young black man trying to make his way in the world of classical music. And of course, you know, it is a lot. There is a lot more going on than that. Um course we don't do any spoilers on this show but um yeah uh i wanted to pick out a couple of blurbs i thought you know the new york times said such a page turner a musical bill dung's roman cleverly contained within a literary thriller uh slocum isn't too different from his protagonist a natural and um i thought the wash post had uh another nice blurb the violent conspiracy is so wonderfully written especially its descriptions of music that at times I questioned whether I was reading or listening to a concert. I thought that was some high praise. I was so happy to hear that. You know, it's just just, just the fact that one person liked it. That's that's all I wanted. Seriously. Like when I hit the last period, I just wanted one person to like it. And if one person liked it, I was like, yep, you know what? Mission accomplished. It's It's been fantastic. And as I was writing, you know, the descriptions of the music and everything initially, uh, you know, I'm a musician. So everything that I said made perfect sense to me. And I was using very technical terms mm-hmm. and I would let someone who wasn't a musician read it. And there was, I don't know what this is. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, you're right. Well, it needs a lot more imagery and a lot more uh, descriptive features about this music. How do I feel when I'm playing music or when I'm listening to music? This is how I feel. So I, I wanted to uh, give non-musicians and musicians alike the uh, opportunity to experience what it is like for us as musicians to, you know, play this beautiful music, not only play it, but, but you know, give it to other people. And so I was really, really uh, focused on the descriptions of, of how to make people feel what it is that I feel when I play. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Did you, while you were writing the book and you said you were getting like 2,500 to 3,500 words a day, which is really... Um a feat but uh were you listening to music i'm just out of curiosity (laughs) you know i get asked that quite often and uh it's a blessing and a curse being a musician um i can't especially classical music i can't listen to classical music while i'm doing anything 
um, it's too distracting to me because I'm constantly analyzing it. And mm. and I, I'm, I'm trying to work on just enjoying the beauty of the music. But there's always, especially if it's like from one of my favorite composers, one of my favorite composers is Antonin Dvorak, who's a Czech composer. And, you know, I'll listen to his stuff and I love his music so much. I'll, I'll be writing and, and one of his symphonies will come on and I'll just stop and listen. I'm like, ah, you know what? We need more violin there. Ah, the violas are a little bit flat there. Ah, can we have more oboe in this spot? And I, I'm constantly doing that. So I, I just turn the the radio off and believe it or not, and, and I've said this to people and I don't think people believe me when I say it, but I actually watch reruns of Three's Company and Alice. And I know I'm dating myself because those are really old shows, but yeah, I have them on in the background and... <laughs> That's, that's basically what I listen to when I'm writing. That's amazing. Three's Company and Alice. Alice uh, is a show that I remember is about a diner. Is that right? Yeah, Mel's Diner. Yeah, Mel's Diner. That's right. And he's uh, kind of these um, embattled waitresses. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm dating myself. I'm that's really good old. stuff. <laughs> Very funny. Well, um, talk a little bit about. Um, again, kind of like your best writing day is your best writing day, you know, a day when you get up early in the morning, brew a pot of coffee and then just hit it. Or are you somebody who, you know, needs to like warm up, do some scales first, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. All right. So my best writing day is any day that I can get to my computer and write. That's a good day as far as I'm concerned. But uh, my, my process, I, I'm not a coffee guy. I've never been one to get up and have coffee. It's always orange juice for me. And anyone who has read the first chapter of The Violent Conspiracy is like, oh, this guy drinks orange juice a lot. He stays away <laughs> from coffee. Yeah, that's me. And um, I am, am accustomed to, you know, when I was in college, I would practice for three and a half hours every day. And I would maybe take one day off. My lessons were on Monday. So I would always, you know, take... I go to my lesson on Monday and take the rest of the day off. But every other day, six days a week, I would practice for three and a half hours. And that was routine. And I'm accustomed to sitting down and just, you know, doing it. If I have a performance to prepare for, you know, that's what you do. You just sit down and practice. So it, it wasn't difficult for me to just block out a couple of hours of time to just mm. write. I'm mm -hmm. so accustomed to doing that. So I would knock that out every day. And then uh, first, first I would go and teach. So first I'd get up and go to the gym, then I would go and teach, and then I would come back and write. And and that that was my day. And if I had time afterward, if it wasn't too late, I would practice a little bit. And um, yeah, that that's basically how I do it every day. That that was my routine. I had enough discipline through my musical training to be able to do that. That's very cool. I mean, it does seem that um the dis that inherent discipline would give you that kind of leg up there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I'm kind of curious at times about the neurobiological effect of like exercise or, you know, so many famous writers would walk um, to kind of clear their head before a writing session. And, you know, I don't know what performance enhancing drugs they use in the classical music world, but uh, <laughs> I can give you, you a list. <laughs> you, I'd be super curious. But um, yeah, I mean, do you feel like that, that, that the exercise, because, you know, I find that that's very important to kind of clearing the head and you know, I, I'm somebody who will get up and just go on, go on a run and then do, you know, like my stretching and, you know, some, uh, resistance training before I can do anything really a lot of times. But yeah, talk a little bit about that, that, uh, the idea that that, that would Im- improve your performance in whatever you're doing. I, you know, per- personally, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. If, if I don't hit the gym, it's like something is missing. It's like, I, I'm, I'm not fully present unless I've, given my myself, my body that time to, you know, get what it needs. And, and, you know, your, your bodies need to be worked. We need to exercise. And, and, uh, it, it really does clear your head and it, it's, it's a good way to start, you know, cause you know, you're at a definitive starting point. This is what I'm doing today. And, you know, once I get done with that, now I can continue with everything else. And it really does clear your head and just makes you feel good. And if you feel good about what it is that you're doing and feel good about yourself, it's just going to make everything that much better. And, I can definitely tell when there are days if if I'm writing that I've not, you know, I didn't have time to work out today or I got up late or whatever. It it shows. And, you know, I'll end up going back and rewriting a lot or scrapping something. So I try to make sure that I keep to that routine. And, you know, the the clearing of the mind is really, really important. I'm not saying that as a writer, but I'm just saying that as, you know, as a musician, first Mm -hmm. and foremost, uh, you know, we we need that. We need to take care of our bodies and you know, if you don't have your, your health and a, and a good body, you have nothing basically. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that because, you know, I mean, similarly, I think, you know, writers can get <laughs> some pretty bad, uh, posture or, you know, back, <laughs> lower back or, you know, sh- I, I tend to hold some tension in my like shoulders and that area. But yeah, I mean, as a musician, you know, being kind of forced to be in that same position for hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about, you know, again, h- how musicians and writers alike can kind of offset some of these. Oh, you know, I, I learned early on, um, you know, injury. Uh, let, let's just let's call it what it is. You know, if you, you mm-hmm. overdo anything, you're you're liable to get uh, injured. And, you know, I had my share of injuries when, when I was practicing three and a half hours every day. You know, tendonitis is real and it's, it hurts. And, you know, if you hurt yourself, you can't do anything. So it's really important to take care of yourself. And um, as I'm writing my, you know, I, I, I jokingly say this, but this is honestly what I do. I start on my couch, just laid out on my couch with the computer on my stomach. And then my feet go up on the top of the couch. And then I sit up. Uh, and this is like, you know, 45 minutes. I, I'm in one position for 45 minutes. And then I will get up and go to my office and sit down and write. And that's how I finish up that I, I never stay in the same position. I I'm mm-hmm. always shifting you know you have to kind of give your body a break and 
Uh, I'm well aware when my body needs a break and I, I listen to it. You know, when you're young, you can kind of get away with hmm. stuff, but I'm not young. So I, I need to definitely <laughs> listen to what my body is saying. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, all right, all right, I'm good. <laughs> all right. So back to performance enhancing drugs in the classical music world. <laughs> Just out of curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble if I like spill all okay. the secrets. Right. I'll tell you off air. How's that? Okay. <laughs> we'll go off the record. <laughs> Well, uh, again, congratulations on all the success of your debut. And I understand that your next book is coming out pretty soon. I mean, it's going to be at, um, published April 2023, I believe. April. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's, it's here. It's like coming. It's, uh, yeah. um, I'm, I, you know, just the fact that I've, I've written The Violent Conspiracy, I wrote that in 2020 and just, you know, People are like, oh, you're working on something. I was like, yeah, I finished that book like five, six months ago. And like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, you know, the I, I learned a lot about the uh, publishing process, the whole editing process and everything. It takes a little while. You know, there's there's so much detail that goes into it. And uh, when I finished writing, uh, the second book is called Symphony of Secrets. And, you know, I get asked quite often, is is it a continuation of The Violent Conspiracy? Is there a part two? Uh, no, I think Ray's story in The Violent Conspiracy is done for right now. Um, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't go back and write another race story, but um, for right now it's done. But um, I was told that I created a new genre, musical thrillers. I'll take it. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to take it. If there's a musical thriller, I wrote it. I want to see that up in a bookstore someplace. Um, but like for the second book, Symphony of Secrets, the main character is actually mentioned in the final chapter of the violin conspiracy mm. and i'm going to try to do uh, a thing with my subsequent books that uh, there will be a mention at least of a previous character yeah uh, from from this series of books and uh, so people can kind of follow along and remain in this universe and um, i hope people get a kick out of it and i'm really excited about symphony of secrets it's it, it is a great, great, great story. And I, I just, I love it. I can't say enough about it. I absolutely love it. So different from the violent conspiracy, yet the themes that it tackles are very relevant, very, very, very important. And, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate. 100%. Yeah. I'm, I was uh, reading the manifest on that one and, and I'm really interested to get a hold of it. So hopefully you'll come back and chat with us again. Dude, if you invite me, I'm here. Okay, well, uh, the uh, the invitation is extended. Can't wait uh, to check that one out. So, for sure, um, we will point at your home base there, and of course, the book, The Violin Conspiracy. I thought uh, Gary Steingart's blurb was really cool too. That was cool to see. He said, um, "Finally, classical music gets the complex treatment it deserves—a wide-eyed look at the art form and its discontents." Yeah, before we wrap up here with your advice to kind of like aspiring writers, I got a fun one for you. If you could have dinner to anywhere in the world with, with uh, any author from any era, uh, who would you take and where would you take them? All expenses Dude, I paid. thought this was supposed to be like a fun, easy question. How is that easy? <laughs> Jeez. Oh my it, gosh. It could be a composer too. I mean, I, I, you know, it could be really anybody. Oh any man. Hero. Okay, 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 okay. I, I, I'm going to do two. If I, I'm going to do a composer and and a writer, um, I am a huge Agatha Christie fan. I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan, and I, I love all of her stuff. I uh, when I read Murder on the Orient Express, I was actually pissed because I couldn't figure out who did it. <laughs> and, and I was, you know, I was a kid. I was a teenager when I read it. And um, I, I recently discovered, you know, before I started writing Violent Conspiracy, that 
she actually, I took a page out of her book. She would write the entire story and then go back and say, all right, I'm going to make this person the villain. This is going to be the person that did it. I'm like, how do you do that? So that's exactly <laughs> what I did in the violent conspiracy. It was written. And then I was like, yep, I'm going to make this person, you know, the, the, the culprit. And um, so I, I would love to just talk and, and, and pick her brain and just listen to anything that she had to say, if, if I could do that. And uh, music wise, I would, oh, that, that's a tough one. Uh, my two favorite composers are, I mentioned earlier, Antonin Dvorak, a Czech composer, and Antonio Vivaldi, who's an Italian composer. Um, you know, he wrote the four seasons that everyone has heard all the time, everywhere, every day. Two of my absolute favorite composers. I'd love to just, you know, just be in their presence and and just, um, you know, I started playing the violin because of Vivaldi. You know, I love this music so much. It's violin music. And Dvorak, everything that he wrote is incredibly passionate. And you can tell it comes from his heart and you feel it not only when you play it, but you listen to it. And, you know, just being around someone who's just so into it like that, it just it motivates you. And I th- I'm getting all excited now. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, love I, need it. To, I need to settle down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where are we going? Where are we hanging out? <laughs> Dude, you tell me. I'm there. Oh, OK. Um, how about Balthazar? Wait, uh, is that New York City? No. I think that's New York. Okay. I don't know. Let me see. Uh, where can, I would probably go to Italy, someplace okay. in Italy. Uh, why not? Because, you know, we're on the coast. Yeah. Yeah. There's beaches. The music is fantastic. You know, it's the birthplace of uh, my favorite composer. So, you know, Vivaldi is there. We could hang out and eat and you know, just have some spaghetti or something. I don't know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. In Italy, you have to have the spaghetti. You have to. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, we appreciate your time and your wisdom. Um, if uh yeah if you could just leave us with the uh one pearl of wisdom on just kind of how to persevere during t- the tough times because you know really uh you kind of embody that sentiment um yeah what would you offer to aspiring writers oh that, that's nice of you to say dude um i would i would say to aspiring writers write what you know write often write honestly and don't ever 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 give up use negative the negativity from people who say you can't you won't you won't ever use that as your fuel never ever ever give up when it gets tough you get tougher never give up never god i love that gave me chills um <laughs> but we appreciate you brandon and um best of luck with everything enjoy your uh whirlwind tour of the world on the book tours plural because you know they never end apparently <laughs> thanks dude i appreciate it <laughs> looking forward to talking to you again this was awesome yeah absolutely we'll continue this conversation i got lots more lots more to pick your brain about so um again uh thank you very much and we will talk soon winner thanks thanks so much for joining us for this file and if you're a fan of the show simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more That's writerfiles.fm. And scene. We did it. Painless. Uh, Wait, I'm going to hit stop. And then you have to tell me the...